Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This week, we're looking at the historical realities of the first Thanksgiving with Bill Federer. We'll meet some of America's war heroes with Marilyn Boyer, and Josh Davis will provide answers to the Bible prophecy questions many have concerning the war in Israel. This outstanding week of programs is made possible because of you. So thank you. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Now, here's Micah Van Hus with today's guest. Welcome to the Watchman on the Wall program today. I am your host, Micah Van Hus. As you know, I produce Marginal Mysteries here for Southwest Radio Ministries. But today, we have a special guest with us, Mrs. Marilyn Boyer. She is an author, um, and what we're going to talk about today and tomorrow specifically is an educational, maybe not children's author, but Marilyn, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Micah. Awesome. And today I want to talk about the first book in your series. I think it's the first book, American War Heroes. So what kind of books are these? Is this a children's book? Is it an educational book? I know that you are into homeschooling. What's going on with these books? Okay. They are reading books, but they're, they're history readers. And I homeschooled my kids. I have 14 children, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) And I homeschooled them for 37 years. And during that time, I found it very hard mm, to find good reading books. mm. And especially now, you know, libraries have gotten rid of their older books and replaced them with politically correct Mm -hmm. books, which are not correct. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was a great need for books for kids. So Masterbooks asked me to write this story. Uh, this set of stories, and I used a lot of public school texts that were written in the 1800s to do the research for the stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I found is our grandparents, our great-grandparents knew all these stories, and you see them repeated over and over again in books from long ago because history was passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do my part to see this continued. Well, awesome. And, and um, of course, you said uh, you uh, raised 14 children. You are a blessed lady. I would love, I to, I would love to have 20. I've got three, and I don't think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in years, so I don't know if I'll have that many more, but you're a blessed <laughs> lady. And, and on the homeschooling front, I actually worked, I went to Pensacola Christian College, graduated from there, and I worked for a Becca book for five years oh. uh, to help pay my way through college. So packed and shipped a lot of books out to homeschool families during that time. I bet you did. We (laughs) used Rebecca at the beginning of our homeschool journey, too. Yes, ma'am. Well, I appreciate you being on the program. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, your series, What a Character. Um, So what led you to write this series? Well, you know, kids are inspired by men who attempted heroic things, men who wanted to be useful and not self-focused. Seems like there's a trend in our country for people to be so focused on themselves. And I wanted to enlarge kids' horizons and inspire them to greatness. You know, I don't want to see our history lost. It's Mm -hmm. been said that one of the signs of decay of a society is when history is taken from them. Yes, ma'am. And I definitely see that happening in our public schools. They're not teaching history, and, and anything that has to do with God is left out. You know, we see monuments and statues coming down, and most people don't even know who the people are. They're tearing down the statues. Mm-hmm. But... History is past, and we shouldn't try to change it. It is what it is. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. misrepresent it. And I find that happening a lot today. Mm -hmm. 
And what we see with and these with these characters, they're they're men of their times. They're men and women of their times. And society has been very different in the past. Um, but as you said, continue. They were they're taking down monuments. And go ahead. Yeah, and you know we you hear people trying to make people of the past. They're misrepresenting them by trying to make them sound like they were perverts or whatever, and Mm -hmm. it just isn't true. I know Henry Clay, when he was running for office, there was an old hunter that was dissatisfied with the way he'd voted about something, and he declared he wouldn't support him again. And Clay met him, and he gave this illustration. He said, you have a fine rifle that has not often failed you. Sometimes, however, it flashes in the pan and doesn't go off. Mm Do you throw it away or do you try it again? Yeah. The hunt, hunter said, well, I picked the flint, wipe out the barrel and try it again. Any rifle will flash sometimes. <laughs> and Clay responded, I'm a pretty good rifle. And if I've flashed in the pan once or twice, why throw me away? <laughs> and that man agreed and he voted for Clay for the rest of his life. Um, and that's just to say some of these war heroes are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. People aren't perfect. Mm. But they did heroic things, and we need to honor them for that yes, and use their examples to inspire our kids. And we're, we're lacking so many real heroes these days. Most of the heroes for the kids oh, nowadays yeah. are Hollywood uh, figures or even fictional figures. Yeah, it's just it's really sad. And there's so many people in our history that kids can emulate, that can inspire kids, mm-hmm. and they need to know their stories. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I looked at your chapter on Mosby's Rangers. Uh, my father's here. My father was a Marine lieutenant colonel during the Vietnam era, and um, ah. uh, his hero was Stonewall Jackson. I would consider Stonewall yeah. Jackson one of my heroes. And um, Me too. So uh, with that, let's segue a little bit into, uh, I guess it's the first one in the series, America's War Heroes. Talk, yes. talk to us a little bit. You know, I, I'm I'm partial to Alvin York because I'm here in Tennessee, and Alvin York is yeah. a Tennessean with an amazing story. But you have a bunch of gentlemen in this book with amazing stories. Uh, let's talk about one or two of them. Who do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about Jake the Shazer. Right. I absolutely love his story. He was World War II era, and he heard about the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and he... He had hate rise up within him for the Japanese, and he wanted to get revenge. Mm-hmm. So he volunteered for Doolittle's Raiders, and their job was to bomb Tokyo and then hopefully escape to Chinese-occupied territory. But they ran out of gas. He, he accomplished his mission, but then his plane ran out of gas, and he crash-landed. He was captured by the Japanese. And he was tortured for three and a half years, um, very mistreated, and he hated the prison guards. But toward the end of that time, one of the prison guards brought the guys four books. One of them was the Bible. And there in his prison cell, he read through the Bible. He became a Christian right there in his cell. And it totally changed the way he treated the guards. And they saw a change. And then at the end of the war, he came back to the States. He went to Bible College in Washington State. And then he went back to Japan, and he preached to the very people who had tortured him. He wrote a tract called I Was a Prisoner of Japan. And this is a really cool part. One of the guys that got a hold of that tract was Mitsuo Fuchida. He is the man that led the raid on Pearl Harbor. And 
He read that tract. He sought out Jake DeShazer, who was in Japan at the time. He became a Christian. And the two men went around the country of Japan sharing the gospel together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a testament to the power of forgiveness, because one man chose to forgive his enemies. Thousands of Japanese people were brought to Christ. Mm -hmm. And and as as I'm looking through your book uh, in preparation for the interview, um, I was very impressed by these books. Um, I decided to go ahead and purchase these books, and I'm reading from uh, the chapter you're talking about, Jake. And in these columns, uh, Marilyn has written uh, all kinds of educational phrases, like the Japanese uh, shouted, Torah, 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 and in the side it tells you what it means, literally, tiger uh, implied a lightning attack. Um, there's all kinds of these awesome definitions in in the columns. So this is an excellent resource if you're wanting to teach your younger kids, uh, middle-aged kids, some stuff about history, as as Marilyn has said, there's so little of real history taught uh, nowadays. And um, so these are awesome resources. I've already bought uh, one of each and um, look forward to more uh, coming out. So um, how can folks use uh, these books? Well, they can use them as reading books. They're written to be readers, but in as a byproduct, the kids are learning history through it. And it's been proven that kids remember history when it's told in story form. And that's what used to happen in our country back in the 1800s. They told history through the lives of real people and their stories. And it's so engaging that kids remember it. It's like they don't even realize they're learning history. They're just learning about people. But we have also included a lot of vocabulary. So the kids see vocabulary in action. And it's expanding their vocabulary. And these would be great for that. Or just plain old family reading. You know, you can just pick it up and read to your kids anytime. Yeah. And I'm right now I'm in Rush Limbaugh's series. And after that, I look forward to getting into your series with my kids uh, as I read to them. Um, If folks are interested in getting Marilyn's uh, series, uh, you can do so at swrc.com, Southwest Radio Ministries. uh, Well, that one's southwestradiochurch.com. So swrc.com. Uh, Marilyn's books are for sale on the website, and uh, feel free to stop by and grab a couple. Marilyn, how can folks get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me through my website. It's characterconcepts.com, and our phone number's on there, our email's on there. We have written character curriculum um, that we started writing for our kids through the years, and then we've turned it around and writing it for other people. But our we focus on character, we focus on history. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. And as you said earlier, there's so many uh, people uh, that were, were not perfect in history, but are worth uh, emulating and trying to 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 be like. And of course, there was only one human uh, on this planet who was perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. And um, you know, a lot of folks who 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 meet Christians and Christians maybe let let people down uh, by not being a good example. Uh, it's important to note that none of us are perfect. It was only Jesus, and we are trying to follow Absolutely. follow Jesus. But there were great men in history. Let's um let's uh, pick up by talking about uh, maybe another uh, hero from your first book, American War Heroes. Uh, who would you like to talk about next? Um, let's talk about Francis Marion. Yes, ma'am. He was he had um, he was kind of like a ranger. He had a different way of fighting. He lived in the swamps with his men. And they kind of came out of the swamps to have a skirmish, and then they were back into the woods. So the the British, this was during the War of Independence, 
the British weren't used to fighting that way. They were used to lining up in their red coats and facing the enemy and fighting. But that's not the way Francis Marion did it. But he had a lot of success in holding off the British and doing skirmishes and keeping the British involved so that um, kept them in an area they wanted them kept in for the, the good of the war. But his dedication was amazing. And there was once during a prisoner exchange, a British officer came to exchange some prisoners and Francis Marion invited him to dinner. And he said, sure. So he was given a bark plate, a plate made from bark of a tree, and on it was a sweet potato that had been roasted in the coals of the fire and a glass of river water. And he was amazed. He inquired if this was their usual fare. And Francis Marion said, well, actually, it's more than usual in honor of you being here. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you must be really paid well to live like this. And he said, no, me and my men are not paid at all. So the British officer was flabbergasted. He said, why do you do it? And Francis Marion said, I do it because I'm in love with liberty. Mm -hmm. And that young officer, when he went back, he finished his meal, returned to his camp, and he resigned his commission and went back to England. And he told his superiors, he said, sir, we will never win when we fight against men who love liberty so mm. much that they're willing to live on roots and swamp water. Yeah. And we, we as a country have become so comfortable that people are losing sight of what's important, but we can turn it around. We won't get into the fourth turning in the different generations. But I'm looking through your chapter on the Swamp Fox, and again, the art in this in these books are, are awesome. Uh, one of the things that prompted me to buy, um, she does such a good job. Uh, I'm reading in the notes, uh, the margins, the different definitions of things that she talks about in the Swamp Fox chapter, such as the definition of indigo, which uh, young folks may not know until they read the book. Indigo is a tropical plant of the pea family, which was formerly widely cultivated as a source of dark blue dye tells what a palmetto tree is, and then the story, of course, of the swamp fox. And before we end the program today, I read in your bio that uh, you had uh, some ancestors fight, uh, one in the Revolutionary War, one in World War II. Uh, your husband is an Air Force veteran. So let me lead and ask you, before I ask you about your uh, Revolutionary War and or World War II ancestry, the Van Husses, my, my family, um, first came to the Americas, Matthias Van Hus from the Overmountain Men, uh, fought in the Revolutionary War. So tell us a little bit about, oh, wow. yes, ma'am, tell us a little bit about your uh, ancestry. Um, I had an ancestor named Isaac Evelett, and he fought in the Battle of Lexington, first battle of the Revolutionary mm -hmm. War. And my father was actually named Richard Evelett Hebener. I mean, he was named after Isaac Evelett. Um, and he fought during the whole of the Revolutionary War. We have a record of the different battles that he was engaged in and all. And then my dad was in World War II in the Pacific arena, and he was a signalman on the USS Teton, and he was in a lot of the major battles like Midway and, mm -hmm. um, you know, throughout the war. And we actually, my daughter, my youngest daughter got really interested in my dad's involvement in World War II, and that led us to interview World War II vets. Mm-hmm. And we learned so much. We've interviewed hundreds of World War II vets, which there's not many left now, mm -hmm. but we've learned so much valuable information from them. And again, when you learn history through the lives of people that lived it, you learn so much. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what we've tried to do in these books. We've tried to make it be real and come alive and let the kids get to know these people that lived lives in history so they can better understand our freedom. Yes, ma'am. I served in Marine Corps Infantry, and of course we studied um, all of the the World War II uh, tactics from the amphibious assault vehicles that were invented out of necessity necessity at Tarawa. I don't know if your uh, father was there, but he was a signalman with the Navy, so you know, he was in a lot of them. He was. He wasn't at that one, but he was in a lot of the <laughs> engagements. And he was actually at the surrender, too. They were going to do the surrender on his ship, but then they, they chose the Missouri. But he was there. He was in the harbor watching it. Well, yeah, I mean, these these are epic times. Even uh, my generation of veteran, we've seen some things, but some of the things that the folks in World War II and the Vietnam era went through, um, they've seen some things that, that just, they may exist once again, but warfare is a little different now. But again, we'll take this opportunity to thank uh, Vietnam-era veterans. We're not thanked like the veterans of today were thanked, and so we're thankful for them. Um, and your husband? We are. Your husband served husband, in the Air Force? He was. He was in the Air Force during the Vietnam era. He actually volunteered to go to Nam, but they weren't taking anyone the days that he went to volunteer, and then he got moved to a different station. And But he was in during that time frame. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap up today, um, uh, I'll tell you, I did a little homeschooling, uh, second grade. I did the ACE uh, homeschooling curriculum. And then in the ninth grade, my, my dad, after he retired from the Marine Corps, became a teacher here in Northeast oh, wow. Tennessee. And so I did homeschooling my ninth grade year. And of course, dad, dad was my teacher. And it was, it was a lot of fun. But um, I had some yeah. good experiences uh, w- with um, homeschooling myself. And uh, well, I didn't homeschool myself, but myself, my experiences, my parents homeschooled me. But um, a lot of a lot of fun. Great, yeah. I I wouldn't do it any other way. I, like I say, I homeschooled for thirty seven years, and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. However, these books are great for any family, whether they're homeschooling or not, mm-hmm. because all of our kids need to know history and be inspired. And and it's almost like the kids don't realize that they're learning because it's learning about people. It's just, it's a fun kind of reader. It seems that we've reached an age where uh, people with common sense are having to go down these routes of people who will write history from a true perspective and a a wholesome perspective because they're just not getting it in the schools like we've talked about with your books and uh, the other books we've talked about today. Um, It's it's an interesting time in which we live um, that people are so hungry for the real history of good men and good women. Absolutely. And we've tried to go back to the primary sources. And whenever any of these characters were Christians, we bring that forth in their own words so that kids can find out, you know, what they believe. There were so many of these guys were Christians Mm -hmm. and they lived in a more Christian era, if you will. So even the ones that weren't had a more biblical worldview than people do today. Yeah. Well, make sure that you check out Mrs. Boyer's books uh, at swrc.com. Uh, again, you can get her books at swrc.com. And Marilyn, how can folks get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me through our website, it's, which is www.characterconcepts.com. Today's featured resources are the books American War Heroes and Inventors and Scientists from the What a Character series. Designed to be fun and engaging for your students or anyone with a love for history, These readers include a fascinating focus on important, influential, and visionary people, along with heroic animal escapades. From scientists to war heroes and more, there is something of interest for everyone in this exciting series. 
Order these outstanding books today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. Our friend Larry Stam comes now to get us ready to share our faith this holiday season. Shalom, friends. Larry Stam here. So glad you're joining us as we continue our series, Serving in His Court, Biblical Principles for Personal Evangelism from the Heart of a Coach. In our last lesson, we introduced spiritual warfare in the evangelistic endeavor. As I mentioned last time, but it bears repeating, you and I living on planet Earth are not living on a playground. Rather, we are living on a battleground or battlefield, and we have opponents to our witness. We have spiritual opposition, namely the opposition from within, our flesh, the old man, the carnal man, and we have opposition from without, namely Satan and his minions, along with the world system that opposes God and everything he stands for. As we continue on in talking about spiritual warfare and our witness as followers of Jesus Christ, I want to continue talking about Satan and his minions and their opposition to our witness. First, I want to talk about 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 18, where the Word of God says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Friends, Peter's writing about you and me. Then the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, these words. He wrote, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Did you get that? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Friends, we need to understand that as witnesses for Jesus Christ, the enemy of our souls would do anything and everything within his power to keep us from sharing the life-giving message of the gospel. The devil's strategy of opposing our Christian life is referred to by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 verse 11 as the wiles of the devil. As it pertains to our evangelistic efforts, Satan seeks to render you and I less effective in these kinds of ways. First of all, he seeks to condemn us. If you remember in the Old Testament, Satan condemned Job before God. In the New Testament, he accuses believers before God in heaven in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10. And Satan also seeks to plant condemning thoughts in our minds about our weaknesses to do the work of evangelism. He'll plant thoughts like these in our minds. Have you ever heard this in your mind? You can't do it. You don't know what you're talking about. They're not going to listen. Any of those thoughts ever run through your head? Well, they've run through mine, friend. And I can tell you, those are part of the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, another way the enemy will seek to oppose our witness is by distraction. Not only does he seek to condemn us, he'll also seek to distract us through entertainment, through busyness. So, the enemy also will seek to discourage and debilitate us and to create fear in us. And as I mentioned, in our last lesson, 2 Timothy 1.7, the Apostle Paul wrote, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need to acknowledge and be honest that, yes, there are weapons leveled against us. 
but no weapon formed against us shall stand. Because the Lord God, the living God, has equipped us as his people with armor and a sword with which to fight the good fight of faith. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 lays out our tools to oppose Satan and his minions. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, Paul lays out the whole armor of salvation. He writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So Paul lays out here in Ephesians 6 the whole armor of God. Note at the end of this section in Ephesians 6, there is an evangelistic angle pertaining to the spiritual battle. Note in Ephesians 6.19, friend, Paul writes, He's praying now to the church in Ephesus that he says, For me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open up my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, friends, you can bet that if Paul was asking the saints to pray for him, that God would grant him boldness to make known the mystery of the gospel and courage to proclaim the message that you and I also ought to pray the same. We ought to have others pray that, as we're seeking to witness to others, that God would strengthen our witness that would give us boldness of speech. Because I can tell you this, we know Romans 10 verse 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The enemy doesn't want you and I to talk about Jesus. The enemy doesn't want you and I to proclaim the gospel. The enemy does not want us opening our mouth ever. You can be sure that Paul was opposed in his verbal witness, and you and I are going to be opposed in our verbal witness. We can pray for people. We can demonstrate God's love in tangible ways to people, but our verbal witness is so often opposed. It's so often attacked. And if you ever feel hesitant about opening your mouth and telling people about the wonders of the gospel and about Jesus, it is because in one sense, often you are experiencing the opposition of the enemy. So I pray that as you hear these words and you are a follower of Jesus, that God would grant you, friend, the boldness to proclaim the gospel message. Friends, we're going to continue next time talking more about the spiritual warfare in the midst of the evangelistic endeavor. And until next time, the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. Thank you, friends, for your prayers and financial support. We're able to be here each day bringing clarity to the chaos because of you. Tomorrow, Marilyn Boyer will return, this time looking at some fascinating scientists and inventors. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com 